Hey there, listeners. This is your showrunner, Jakes, and your DM, Eli. And on today's episode of Next on the Initiative, it's a Meet the Players episode. We're going to hear a bit about the main adventurers of the campaign and find out more about them, such as little details about their backstories or how they're feeling as they arrive in the slave pens with the NPCs. But before we introduce our friends and their D&D characters, we want to shout out our newest patron. Thank you, Justin Neal. Justin Neal! Justin Neal. <gasps> yeah, yeah, I'm a day Neal, Justin! Hey, it's our boy, Justin Neal. Your patronage means the world to us, and we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, you're awesome, man. Beyond <laughs> beyond words of, pre- of appreciation. You fool, that money's going towards jawbreakers. I wish. <laughs> Now, without further ado, let's meet our first player. As Uvar is kicked into his cell, he stumbles for a second. He regains his posture, clears his head, and looks around, scanning the area. He locates a small nook in the cell, sits down and scans the cell once more before looking down and going into a deep, contemplative thought. He seems distracted by his thoughts when Shushar, the Kuatoa, walks over to him and strikes up a conversation. Ugh. Greetings, pal, Jaw. Oh, uh, hello there. Rather dreary here, isn't it? Here for a conversation. Oh, uh, this is, this is awkward. I'm not really much of a talker, and sometimes I don't know what to say when someone asks me to talk about myself. Well, I guess you could say, um, I come from a very sophisticated half-elf family. But I guess never, I never really fit in all that much. I grew up playing little pranks on some people and I guess at some point it became a little obsessive because stealing is just so much fun and I'm pretty good at it. It's almost as if you can bypass the entire system and get what you want. Of course, only if you're good at it, and I am. But people don't usually like it when you mess with their precious little dogma. And for my actions, I was banished from my manor. I lived life on the road ever since, often just getting what I want. Life was good for a while. I traveled to many towns, well, doing petty crimes, getting by. Like they say, every dog has its day. But what they don't tell you is that at some point or the other, the next day inevitably arrives and it's a glorious shit show. Well, I was careless one cold winter night, and I got caught in the act. Now, I'm at Wolkenvel, or whatever this place is. I've given up hoping that my family would send someone to negotiate my release. I've never really known my dad to give up his pride. Well, not much of a talker, are you? Oh, uh, uh-huh. well... Why don't I sit down and you can tell me more about your journeys? I I guess I just don't know where to start, and once I start talking, well, you can already see. Oh, 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 here's a fun story about the time when I was in Sylvanguard and I almost got run over twice by two different A tall Mykonid enters the cell and is alerted by the distress force floating in the chamber. He walks over to the large rock and finds a small Mykonid sprout cowering behind it. He takes the first step and establishes a telepathic connection. Ah, what? No, 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 oh, oh, I'm sorry for scaring you. I didn't mean to. Were those your distress spores I picked up? 
Not much of a talker? Hey, that's fine. I, I can talk to the two of us. Here, let me introduce myself. Presenting Enoki the Bard! You know what? I have an idea. How about a story? Let me set the scene. <clears throat> Imaginary music, please. I spent my time as a young myconoid sprout with my circle in a small, secluded section of the Underdark. One day while I was wandering, I came across the remains of a performer. I looked around its remains like, you know, everyone does in the Underdark. And among his belongings, I found a journal. Well, I started reading the journal and I'll tell you, I was immediately immersed in the stories of the travels. Travels of the surface world, stories of tavern performances, playing by campfires, and so much more. Well, I mean, you know, I, I needed to see it for myself. But alas, fate is a cruel mistress. My journey was cut short by an ambush of drow scouts. They attacked the traitors I was traveling with, and now I'm here in the dreaded outpost Valkenvale. Can't... Can you tell me another story? Two guards opened the gate and pushed a stout halfling into the pen. They slammed the gates shut and mocked him before walking away, enjoying his misery. Don't try anything, you worm. Just enjoy the dirt before we take you to the city of spiders. What? Nothing to say? Where's all that fight you showed when we ambushed your pathetic troop? Oh, is someone sad that all their friends are dead? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ugesh runs up to the bars and shouts with fury. You think I care if I died? They are weak, cowards, the lot of them, scared of battle, and probably die without putting up a fight. Take off these shackles and I'll show you what a real fighter can do. Eldiff walks up to Ugesh and places a hand on his shoulder. Sounds like they got you the same way they got most of us, but now's not a time to pick a fight. Ugesh brushes her off and sits on the ground. Save that for the ones that keep us in here. Keep a level head until we need that fighting spirit. Ugesh really doesn't like talking and it's not the best communicator. All he knows is how to fight. He doesn't care if you're soft-spoken or if you rely on magic. He really only has respect for those who have gone through their fair share of battles. Stay sharp there, newbie. You showed up at a good time because our food is here. But don't look forward to anything. I don't think you could even consider it a meal. A guard walks through the cell with today's rations and begins pouring everyone the daily mushroom soup. Ugesh rushes to the gate and grabs his soup and immediately scarfs it down. Ugesh watches the other prisoners eat their mushroom soup and thinks back to his time in training and his one and only close friend, Royd. During their time in the army, they bonded quickly over a shared passion for eating just about anything. It was very common for Ugesh to be separated from Royd, since they were often placed on different assignments. One day, while Ugesh was on an assignment, his troop was ambushed. Most of the troop died, and the remaining were either captured or sent off to different areas of the Underdark. Once Ugesh is free, he will regroup with Royd. This prison won't be where Ugesh dies. Ugesh will escape, no matter what stands in his way. A hulking mechanical figure with metal and wooden finish is forced into the room. A booming metallic clank echoes throughout the cell. Shredded adventuring gear falls off its person and onto the ground, 
A light flashes, revealing a thieves' guild insignia just momentarily before turning blank with sounds of the Warforge coming back to life. Processing. Processing. KRAV operational. It cycles through various phrases and expressions to convey an emotion to its peers, but at the sight of the Quagoth in the pen, Krav just awkwardly freezes in time, only to involuntarily utter the phrase, Target acquired. Krav begins walking to the Quagoth, only to once again freeze in time with his hand reaching out towards its new prison mate. Error, error, error. Prince Darendale stares at the hand in front of him and quickly assumes that the Warforge is introducing itself and extends both hands. Ah, proper manners. I must say, it is so nice to finally see someone in the cell who greets royalty like they deserve. Prince Dandel humbly waits your introduction, my mechanic- I am the Kinetic Raging Adventurer, also known as Krav. Well, I can appreciate a mechanical man who's quick and to the point, especially here and now. Let me enchant you with tales about my glorious kingdom as we wait for chore duty. Picture a fantastic fairy-like world with golden trees glistening in the sun and singing in the night. Acres upon acres of bountiful fields flowing in the wind as dragon lions soar above. A guard approaches the cell, gingerly holding a wiggling burlap sack away from his body. In a quick motion, he unlocks the door, tosses the sack through, and closes it again. A grunge pokes his head from the burlap and peers at his new surrounding. The guard dusts his hands off with distaste. Ugh, disgusting little bugger. Unlucky for you, frog. I found that little letter you were trying to hide. Mistress is gonna shit bricks when she sees this. <laughs> Excuse me? An imposing female drow appears from just out of view, starling guard and prisoners alike. The guard spins around in panic. Oh, uh, uh, oh, uh, Mr. Sivara, huh? Hi! I, I was just, uh, here, uh, letter for you, ma'am. He holds out the crumpled letter, still a bit soggy from the grunge's amphibious skin. She snatches it from him and reads it aloud. To his royal majesty, Tan Stalraid. Thank you for your felicitations. It is a high honor to have been appointed to the King's Council. I will be certain to keep your interests in mind while in service to His Highness, old friend. In preparation for the relocation, I'm in the process of downsizing my carrier collection, and I remember the great interest you've shown in my grunge. Consider it a gift, which you should have received along with this letter. While it would be a great shame to see such a fascinating creature dissected for arcane ingredients, I'm sure the results will be worth it in your hands. My son was disappointed to lose his pet, but the wealth of gifts waiting for him in the new estate will surely hasten the grieving process. You once asked about the grunge's origins. I fear that I know not much more than what is stated on the import registration paper. It was taken from a nursery pond in the southern jungles as a tadpole, so I estimate it is now nearly a year old, almost fully matured. My son's devotions have left it capable of common speech, although I wouldn't call it eloquent. I would advise against touching it directly, else your skin would develop an unpleasant rash. 
While it's alive, be sure to store it in a secure location. It can be quite slippery when it wants to be. At your service, Royal Councilwoman Dora Arvidet. Evara lowers the letter and grins curiously at the knapsack, with the grunge still hides. Oh, this is quite a fine. She crouches down to get a better look at the cowering grunge. What is your name, little one? The grunge shrinks under her gaze. Somehow it finds the bravery to speak. I am called It. I do not like it here. <laughs> that is not a real name. But don't you worry, It. You won't be here much longer. I'm sure your new master will be grateful to have you back soon. Generously grateful. Well, everyone, that's our D&D group. I hope you enjoyed listening to how everyone in our group decided to introduce their characters for the podcast. There were like a lot of details of the characters that I had no idea. A lot of details they chose to include that I had no clue or anything about but it was a lot of fun editing their interactions especially their interactions with the npcs agreed i really enjoyed how they want their scenes to play out especially people such as ugesh who we don't get a lot of at, at the start and it gave me a lot of ideas for their characters later in the campaign you guys dropped a few tidbits here and there where i immediately scribbled down notes for I hope the listeners enjoyed learning more about them, especially since the next episode of the podcast is, is us playing Out of the Abyss. Yeah, no more uh, teasers. No more interludes, no more teasers. It's the nitty gritty dice rolling. It's going to be the actual real play part of the real play podcast. Of our real play play podcast. Yeah, I just, I needed some time to like finish prepping those episodes, you know, and Out of the Abyss Oh my god, why can't you be any faster with our production, Jakes? We're all depending on you. So we all get to point fingers at you. <laughs> hey, hey, I took a look at the Out of the Abyss module, and there's a lot of prep work you have to do. Deep. Much respect, man. Well, Eli, it's promotion time. Support us directly on Patreon. Oh, oh no, keep going. I'm doing the oh. little... This is the promotion time song. <laughs> all right. Support us directly on Patreon at NOTI Podcast. NOTI, kind of like next on the initiative. Eli, if you want to stop the background music for a second. Here, I have an idea. Name something that's $3. Huh? What? Uh, Something that is $3. Yep. Oh, no. A name something. Oh, you want me to name something? Actual, uh, you could currently buy a PlayStation 2 memory card off of Amazon, a, a, a megabyte one for $3. Did you, did you look that up specifically for this bit? No. No, no, no. I just, I know what. Hold on. Let me double check. Yeah, because I, I thought I was just going to say, like, I don't know, like, some fries or... Oh, no, this is great because that was from my own memory and thinking of, like, how a cost might have fallen for it. So a current PlayStation 2 8 megabyte memory card is $2.97. Wow, really? Yeah, I was pretty close on that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so for the price of a PlayStation 2 memory card, you can help <laughs> <laughs> you can help keep this podcast going. So support us on Patreon and link in the description. Hey, Eli, didn't you mention there's a podcast you listen to that also does something kind of like this? You're correct. Uh, we got this from a little mini idea of like comparing things to prices from Myth and Legends. 
a wonderful fantasy story uh, podcast where they do reenactment, uh, reenact, blah, reenactments <laughs> of, of popular fairy tales and myths. Oh, yeah, dude. I, Myth and Legends. I, I listen to that podcast, too. Is that where I got it from? Yeah. Huh. I guess that is where I got it from. Cool. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, so, for the price, oh, yeah, that's what you read. Follow us on Instagram at not, oh, at ellipses, 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 ellipses. And as always, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having too much fun with this. Follow us on Instagram at next on the initiative. And as always, consider giving us a good rating on the platform you use to listen to this podcast. We would really appreciate it, especially if you got past all of the foolishness so far. Some of the sound effects used in this episode were made by yours truly, and the sources for the music and additional sound effects can be found in the description and were used under Creative Commons licensing. This podcast is unofficial fan content of the D&D 5e module Out of the Abyss. We are not sponsored or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast. Any role-playing we do as characters, depictions of location, or other content in the module is fan content of this podcast and of the source material. So please, support the official release and the official content. Eli? Special thanks to Maya Ross playing as It the Grunge, David George as Ugesh the Fighter, Jake Zanendez as Inoki the Mykonid, Arun Bardaj as Suvar, and Jack Phillips as, Cro- as the Warforged Crash. Y'all are great D&D group and great friends. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode. Peace. Deuces. <laughs>